Hello there, the Psychology Report, and I'm glad you're with me again. Today I would like to address a family uh, issue, and it has to do with the structure and functioning of a family. You know, there are basically two kinds of families in our world. One family is what we call the functional family. It does well together. There, there's order. There's reasonableness. There's fairness, you know, to family life. And then there are families that we call dysfunctional. Every day is different, no predictability, no assurance, no reassurance, uh, no way to really know what's going to take place today as compared to tomorrow or yesterday. And it's a uh, life or it's a family structure that is just out of control and has no orderliness to it, no meaning to it, and no real operational consistency. So we have what we call the functional and the dysfunctional family. And, you know, we can learn to be more functional when we understand what dysfunctional families are like. And we can certainly learn from functional families how to live and to not live a dysfunctional family life. So I'd like to just give you some of the basic differences between these two kinds of families, the functional and the dysfunctional. And uh, we can learn from it. We can learn to improve our life. Even if we are functional as a family, we can become more functional. Or if we're dysfunctional, we become we can become less dysfunctional if we understand what really functional families are like and how they uh, relate to each other and how they live in the context of a home and of a family life. So let me just go through a couple of these differences and distinctions between these two kinds of families. First of all, get your roles right. Get your roles right. The role is, there's a role for father, there's a role for mother, and there's a role for children. There's a role for older children, and there's a role for younger children. Get those organized, get those right, get those defined, get those understood, and get on the same page. We often think of the role as the father as being the primary breadwinner and the primary provider and the primary uh, structurer within the families and to help set the pace for discipline and help set the pace for what how we're going to live as a family and how we're going to be motivated and how we're going to achieve and what we're going to have as our goals. We think of the father as having a kind of a primary role in that area of life and the mother being supportive and being very uh, important, you know, to the process of setting forth what a family lives like. But you know, in our day and age, even mothers have, I shouldn't say even mothers, but mothers do have a primary role in providing, a primary role in deciding how family life is to be structured and how it's to live. So if, they're, if we're going to have equal voice within a family, of mother and father having the same equal voice of setting forth the um, the money matters and the living matters and the way that family life is structured, then they need to be on the same page. They need to be together on this, and they need to have the same thought pattern and the same decision so that they are not working against each other, but they're working together. So whether you have a kind of a staircase family or an equal family, doesn't matter too much, but it's the matter of do we have a an agreement? Do we have a theme that we're going to follow? And and whoever sets that theme, the rest of the family obviously has to follow. So get your roles right. 
know what the role of the dad is, the role of the mother, the role of the children, the, the role of the younger and the older children, and the role of the grandparents if they play a role in your life. Grandparents are not the parents. And, you know, we have to make sure of that. Parents are not the, the friends of children, by the way. Your, your children are not your friends. Your children should have their own friends. And you as parents have your own friends. But you have a friendly relationship with each other as parent and child. But don't ever fall into the pattern of where your children become your best friend. Because then you're dysfunctional. You're harming your children. And you're restricting yourself in terms of your own adult life relationships. So that's just kind of one way of looking at it. Get your roles right. Okay, now number two, get your priorities right. You know, there are priorities in life. Is education your top priority? Spirituality your top priority? Honesty your top priority? You know, living in a life of family life, is that family life, is that your priority? Extended family, is that your priority? You know, whatever your priorities are, understand them, talk about them, and get them in order. Get them right. Get them in the right, proper perspective. You see? Now, for many families, spirituality is the, really the top priority. Going to church, reading the Bible, praying together, having religious exercises together, that's very top priority for some families. For other families, that's not necessarily a top priority. Education is often a top priority or near the top priority for a lot of families. So if that's the case, obviously you look at school as being very important, grades being very important, homework being very important, school activities being very important, school life is being very important. So whatever are your top two or three priorities, name them, write them down, put them on the refrigerator, and then you make your decisions on the basis of your priorities in life. When something clashes with your priority, it's the priority that wins. If something is of a lesser priority and it clashes with something of a higher priority, the higher priority wins. In other words, you live your life, you make your decisions, you solve your problems, you make your plans, you en enter into uh, activities and various kinds of engagements on the basis of what's the priority. What's the priority? That's the way that you live and you make your life patterns and you live your life structure. Okay, that's number two. Number three is this. Get your values right. You know, values have to do with honesty. It has to do with integrity. It has to do with relationships, the value that grandparents play in your life, extended family members play in your life, friends play in your life. It's the history, your culture, your, your background or your racial background. I mean, those are values. And you have to understand that those play a role. And you need to understand what is the top value in your life. What are the top values in your life? Name two or three or four or five. If your cultural background is going to be very important to you, that's fine. It's one of your priorities then. And you live your life according to that. You enhance that. You do things that will teach your culture, you will uh, utilize your culture in your way of life, the way you dress and the way that you treat each other and the way you treat extended family members and the way you treat members of your culture and the way that you treat members of other cultures. So priority is very important. and uh, But you got to understand which is your top two or three or four or five priorities in life. And you set your, your uh, values accordingly. Your values have to be 
identified, and then you put them on a kind of a priority basis of what's going to be the top value, the second top value, the third top value, and so on. So the priorities and the values kind of come together and they blend because you want your values and your priorities to be the same, to coincide and not clash. In dysfunctional families, we don't have values, or they're willy-nilly, or you follow a particular value today, but tomorrow is different. And uh, in a dysfunctional family, whatever your priority is in life today, it's different tomorrow. Or you don't enforce it, or you enforce it with one child, but not another child, or you enforce it at one time in your life, but not another time. You see, it's all mixed up in your priorities and values in a dysfunctional life style of a family. But when you live a functional lifestyle as a family, your priorities line up and your values line up and they're consistent. Your priorities and your values kind of come together and support each other and complement each other. And then also, next, get the relationship order right. Get the relationship order right. The father, the relationship with the children. The mother, the relationship with the children. Grandmother, the relationship with the children and with the parents. The grandfather, the relationship with the children and the parents. You see, your relationship order is very, very important. There's a phrase that says something like this. No home should be run by a three-year-old. See, that's getting your relationship order out of whack. That's dysfunctional. When, when, when three-year-olds start making your decision, you're out of whack. You're in a dysfunctional family. If your 14-year-old makes your decisions as a family, you're out of whack. Now, obviously, you consider what the three-year-old thinks. You consider what the 14-year-old thinks and maybe wants and maybe their desires and so on. Sure, you consider those. But the adults make the decision. The adults determine the pace. The adults determine what is done and what is not done. The children are not in the decision-making role. They are in the decision-making learning role in life, learning how to make decisions and how to solve problems, but they don't do it. You don't put that on them. You don't give them that responsibility. They're not ready for it. They're not, they're not able to do it, and it's overburdening them when you do that. You are the adult. You make the decision, and when the decision doesn't go well, you take the responsibility. You don't blame it on your children. Children are not there to be blamed. Children are not there to make the decisions. Children are there to be supported and loved and encouraged and taught. So that as they become adults and they become parents, they know how to live a functional life rather than a dysfunctional life. Now, next, get your do's and don'ts right. Get your do's and don'ts right. What that means is, in every family, there are things that we do and there are things we don't do. Modesty is something we do. You see? Uh, breaking the barriers of modesty, we don't do that. You see? We honor. It's a priority. Modesty is a priority. Modesty is a value. And we honor it. We do it. We do things consistent with that particular value. So there are things we do. There are things we don't. We don't smoke. We don't drink alcohol. We don't bring drugs into our home. Those are don'ts. You see? But we do. We do support each other. We care for each other. We do things for the neighbors. We do things for the homeless. We do things for charity. We give money to the church. We give money to charity. Those are things we do. And we want children to know some of the things that we do and how we do those things. But then there are things that we don't do. Get that right. Get that on a piece of paper. 
Make sure you understand that. You know, there's a research study done not too long ago with, with the young children. And as they came into junior high school years, the parents made a pack with them. One group of children, they made a pack. This was the pack that they made. No smoking until 21. No smoking until the age 21. And with another group of children, they didn't make such a pack. They didn't even talk about that. But they just followed the behavior of those kids in that group to see how many smoked as compared to the children who smoked prior to 21 who made that particular pack. And you know what happened? The kids that made the pack of no smoking until they're 21, few of them ever got into the smoking game. But on the other hand, those that didn't make such a pack, didn't make such an agreement, it was over half that got into the smoking game. You see, you can make packs with children. You can make deals with children. You can make agreements with children. They may not like it at the time, but in the long run, they benefit from it. In the long run, they're grateful for it. In the long run, they're thankful. You see? So get your do's and don'ts right. And then lastly, get the rules right. Get the rules right. You have house rules. You see, when you have house rules, you're teaching children how to obey the laws of driving the highway. You're teaching children how to live a life of social properness and, and uh, social uh, goodness and living according to the rules of society. Do they? But if you don't have house rules, how are the kids ever going to learn to follow any rules? Even when they go to work, the policies and the procedures and the rules of work. If they don't have home rules, they're not going to follow the rules at work. They're going to have trouble at work. They're going to have employment problems. So... Setting rules at home not only makes a home function well, but it teaches children how to live well in a society that is run by rules and regulations and policies, both in the workplace, in the school environment, and in the general community. So rules have to be made right. And you set down as a family and you work out what we call the family rules, 10 of them, 10 of them what we do and what we don't do, what we do under certain conditions. What are the rules? If you dirty the sink, you clean it. If you take a cup in the den or in the other room and use it, you take it back in the kitchen and you clean it. If you take something out of the shelf, you put it back. You take a book out, you put it back. There are rules. There are times for uh, gaming. And then there are times not to game. There are times for social media. And there's times not for social media. The, the, those are the kind of the rules. And children, of course, are going to violate those. Of course they're going to violate them. But then you enforce them. So that in the enforcement, you're teaching children not only that there are rules, and that we live by rules, but there are consequences by living by rules, and there are consequences by not living by rules. So get it straight. There's functional living, there's functional families, and there's dysfunctional families. And why would you live a dysfunctional life when everything is chaotic? Rules change differently per day. Some rules are enforced for one child but not for the other. That's total unfairness. Rules for a younger child are set uh, maybe too high. Maybe rules are set for an older children maybe too low. Maybe the chores that are divvied out are improper for the age of the child. Maybe the expectations of bedtime or getting ready for bed or doing things, independent studies or doing your homework. Maybe they're, they're inappropriate. Maybe you need to help your children a little bit more than you do as a parent. 
Maybe some ch one child needs more help than another child. You see, get the rules, get the priorities, get the relationships in order, and get the do's and don'ts in order. But making sure that all the rules and regulations and roles and priorities and values are in proper order. That's functional living. And dysfunctional living is chaos. It's trauma. It's stress. It's unhealthy. It breeds unhealthiness. It breeds dysfunction. It breeds a life of dishonesty. It, it breeds a life of manipulation. You manipulate to get your way rather than to just go by the rules and regulations that you contribute to and set forth as a family. So let's live more functionally, okay? This has been the Psychology Report. Thanks for joining me today. Go to my website, booksbyhedberg.com. The book there, Dr. Teach Me to Parent, tells you more about family life than you'll ever want to know, but, or maybe need to know. But, you know, it's there. It's there for you to help set the tone, set the pace. There's a section there on functional living. And... Uh, that's what you want. You want a, a book that will guide you. You want a book that will give you some structure to your family life and your parenting. So go to my book website, booksbyhedberg.com. Pick up the book, Doctor, Teach Me to Parent. Okay? Nice to talk to you today, and thanks for joining me. Bye for now.